When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Oscar winner Mark Rylance stars in the new golf comedy The Phantom of the Open, which hits DC movie theaters today. We discussed his role as Maurice Flitcroft, who shot the worst round in British Open history, as well as his career from Steven Spielberg's Bridge of Spies to Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk to Aaron Sorkin's The Trial of the Chicago 7. My pleasure. Are we on the radio then? Nice. I love the radio. Well, me too. <laughs> Had you heard of Maurice Flitcroft before, like, you know, back when it, his thing was actually going on or was it only when it came time to do the movie? No, no. I was a teenager in the 70s and and I uh, thought I was playing a little bit of golf just for fun in my grandfather's uh, well-mown lawns. I hadn't, I wasn't reading the newspapers and uh, so I missed Morris. Yeah. <laughs> so so when it came time around to finally uh make the movie were, were you just blown away because us as viewers we're sitting here watching this and saying how can this be true but the great thing is it is i mean did you have that sort of experience when you when you when you delved into it yeah i think when i read the script i couldn't i thought they must have made this up this can't be true but it is true yeah it's and there are even odder things about his life it's a part of england i'd never visited too barrow and furnace up on the west coast Used to be a huge steel town, you know, as big as Pittsburgh. Now it's where they make the uh, the submarines, but it's a very working class uh, community out on a peninsula, sticking into the sea towards Ireland, and a very proud and kind of uh, rigorous people up there facing that that west coast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And before we get too far in, I, I need to tell our listeners what we're talking about. So Maurice Flitcroft was, uh, you know, I guess sort of a, a later in life, uh, comes around to, to golf after watching it on TV and gets into the British Open uh, tournament uh, in 1976 and shot what was was the worst round in Open history, but became a bit of a folk hero in the process. Uh, talk about, um, you know, obviously there are comedic moments in the movie where, you know, where, uh, you know, you shank a shot or something <laughs> into the into hitting people or hitting the camera or whatever. But tell me about how you sort of walk that fine line of, you know, you don't want to make fun of the real life man, so you got to play it straight. Um, just talk about walking that fine line of how you just play him as a human. Well, you when you, the audience, you can watch you can watch his interviews on YouTube. You can find the interviews he gives on television and breakfast morning television in the UK. And you can't believe it. You think, come on, Mar you you are making fun. You can't seriously think that on a good day you could beat Jack Nicholas or Arnold Palmer. But he but I watched them hundreds of times and he really has this sincere belief in him. So there's a kind of Don Quixote characteristic to him, which I really love that no matter what the world says about him and the evidence, he did shoot the worst round of golf in the history of the British Open. He doesn't, he doesn't buy into it. He'll hear it, but he has marvelous replies to the press. 
And that's why the public kind of loved him so much, was that he he never he never conceded that he was a failure. He just had happened to leave his four iron in the back of the car that day, and therefore, and with the four iron, he's a killer, he says. So if he if he'd remembered to bring his four iron, he would have won. Um, he has wonderful, wonderful, simple, sincere answers. So I just play him very sincerely, really. Yes, the sincerity is perfect. And like you're saying, when if ever he's on a TV interview and they say, and here he is, the worst golfer in the world, he always stands up and says, no, I, I take exception to that. Or he's putting <laughs> on the green and they said, oh, the, the little, the studio slope here must be a little unbalanced. That's why I shot so bad. Yeah, he, he's very, he's very dedicated to it. What is it? What is it? What's the line? Practice is the key to perfection. What is it? Yeah, that's it. That's right. And he did practice a lot. He was a loner. And, uh, and practiced a lot. He was a crane operator who was made redundant and took up golf as a hobby, but he couldn't join the club. So he just played on beaches with tennis balls and, and uh, in the school playing grounds. This was the first time he'd ever played on a golf course. Um, so, and, and you know, there's a lovely scene in it. If I'm ever, I have to choose one scene that would be the one scene that survived my career. It would be the scene with Seve Ballesteros, a young Seve Ballesteros, just about to become famous in the locker room and they're speaking Spanish together. But Sevi also practiced uh, on beaches, on uh, sand. And so they have a, they both have sand in their shoes. And so there's a lovely meeting place between arguably the world's greatest golfer and the world's worst golfer, if Morris will forgive me for a moment. Wow. Wow. You said this is one scene in your career that that's right. It ranks up there. Wow. Um, yeah, we, the audience love you dumping that sand out <laughs> perfect for the sand trap practice. Uh, talk about the relationship with his family in this movie too, though, his wife, you know, the, the stepson who really doesn't want anything to do with him for most of the movie until we get a turnaround. And then the twin sons, the disco dancers, talk about how, you know, um, them coming around to appreciate their father is sort of like a beating heart of the movie as well. Yeah. Yeah. I went and met the family and had, a, you know, had many days with them. And some of the family are embarrassed by Morris and uh, are quite conservative and don't like uh, his reputation. But his sons adored him and adored his uh, support of their dream. There's a little bit of a Jimmy Stewart, uh, it's a wonderful life aspect to Morris too, isn't there? Small yeah. town man encouraging other people. But in this case, then getting his own chance to live the dream as well. Um, Morris had a great sense of justice and injustice. That's the impression I get. You know, when Maradona touched the football in in the World Cup with his hand, everyone knows he did it now, um, and beat England, Morris picked up the television and threw it out the front window, and they had to rush around and rent a new one to watch the rest of the game. He could get very angry about injustice. So um, they're, they're, very, they're very, very fond of him recognized him as a as an unusual unusual character um but he had incredible self-belief and we, we all need a bit of that i think i love that the it's a wonderful life connection yeah you even get your george bailey on the bridge sort of a, a moment you know there's no angel falling out of the sky but the family come you do get that catharsis you know and the way actually there are some super supernatural moments with the graphics and the golf tees almost like a big lebowski <laughs> uh, little little dream sequences too it's a, it's a it's a wild it's a really cool movie I, i'm really a fan of it 
Well, I know we're, we're getting the go home uh, signal pretty soon, but I, I have to ask you about your Oscar winning role, uh, Bridge of Spies uh, win there, because I was backstage at the Oscars when you came through there uh, covering that thing. Um, we we as audiences love Spielberg and Tom Hanks, of course. But from your perspective, working, you know, with them as artists, what 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 makes them those artists that we then love? You know, what what behind what about their process do you admire? Oh, they're just naturals, aren't they, Jason? They're just people who who love to do what they do and and were lucky enough to land on their feet in a place where they can do what they do, you know, and. And yeah, I mean, they're just effort. They're not effortless, of course. They put enormous work and care into it, but they—they're—they're they're just naturally, you know, like playing tennis with Roger Federer or golf with Tiger Woods. Um, these two guys are just naturally brilliant at what they do, and they're great friends. So my good fortune to go and work with the two of them, you're, you're with two geniuses in what they do, and you're in a place in between them, which is, is a place of, of humor and friendship and love, and that they welcome me into that place and, and encourage me to, to play with them in that film. Yeah, lucky me. Absolutely. Well, lucky us, the audiences, too. And it just seems like ever since then, you've everything you touch, it turns to, you know, Oscar nominated goal. You know, Dunkirk, you led that boat evacuation for Christopher Nolan. You were in Sorkin's Trial of Chicago 7. Adam McKay's Don't Look Up. Uh, it seems like every year, if, if you want to know what one of the nominees is going to be, just look for whatever Mark Rylance is in. Uh, <laughs> what, what, how do you have that knack to, to pick and choose? Obviously, you were a Broadway star before, but ha has, has that Oscar win opened up those doors? Like, how do you pick those 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 winners every time? I don't know if the Oscar win did. I guess the film did. I guess people, the fact that I won an Oscar means that people liked that performance in that film. And so it drew, I think that, that I think your work, you know, your work on the radio is, it, you may get awarded, but it's, it's your day in, day out work and your reputation from other people that gets you into another job. If you ever wanted another job, then what you're doing seemingly very, very well. Um, I don't, I, I, I take, I mean, I'm fortunate. I don't, I don't have to take every job I'm offered. So I, I take jobs that interest me and my primary interest is a story, a good story. So, and usually if a film is successful, it's got a good story. Um, it's not a story about a story, but it is an actual story. And, and like a good sporting event, you don't know what's going to happen next and surprising things happen and the opposition is as strong as the team you're on so that so that you don't know how it's going to come out and so I, I i choose things for simple reasons like that and i don't i don't need to play big parts or small parts i don't need to be paid a lot of money you know i just like to be involved in stories that that i think oh if if i wasn't in it i'd like to see that Absolutely. Well, maybe maybe you you'll take up golf next or maybe I'll take up golf next after the radio career. We'll see. <laughs> More showed it could be done. Uh, <laughs> again, everyone, uh, the Phantom of the Open opens in D.C. on June 10th. Uh, Mark Ryan. I hope you're going to put some good golf sounds behind this interview. Wax of balls and uh, balls flying through the air. Things getting broken. Of course. And we'll wear our little disguises like the character. It'll be great. <laughs> All right. Hey, Mark Rylance, thanks for doing this. Thank you. Nice to talk with you, Jason. Cheers. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.